All the songs that we sung this morning are quite appropriate uh, to so- support the message. But that last song I read last night, woke up this morning with it on my mind. First time I had read it, first time I had heard it. But be as it may, faith is the brightest evidence of things beyond our sight. Break through the clouds of flesh and sense and dwell in heavenly light. I stand this morning by the power of God, by the authority of Jesus Christ, and with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and declare that faith is not only the brightest Evidence, but faith is the greatest power in the whole wide world. Faith enables the believer's soul to treat the future as present and the invisible as seen. This is what Hebrew 11.1 states. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. With that said, open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, uh, verse 1. And let me recapitulate in regards to that particular book. Now, many Jews, having left Judaism for Christianity, And they left Christianity going back to Judaism due to persecution. And they wanted to reverse their decision. And the writer of Hebrew is encouraging them to press on, to press on in the faith. And the writer is making his encouragement based upon many appeals. And he is trying to encourage them that being in Jesus Christ, the superiority of Christ over Judaism. Christ is also better than the angels. In fact, about it, the angels was created by him and they worship him. Also, the writer of Hebrew is encouraging them that Christ is better than Moses. And we know that he also created Moses. And also, the writer of Hebrew is encouraging the Christians who want to return to Judaism that Christ is better than the Aaron priesthood. In fact, Christ's sacrifice was once for all time. And also he is encouraging the Jews who has turned to Christianity that Christ is better than the law. For Christ is the one that mediates of the law and has given unto us a better covenant than the law. In short, what the writer of Hebrew is saying to the Jewish believers, there is more to be gained by suffering for Christ than returning to Judaism. 
Therefore, my brothers and sisters in Christ, who the writer of Hebrew is talking to, he is saying, press on to maturity, press on to completeness, press on to perfection, because they produce a test of faith, self-confidence, and a visible love seen in good works. Now, remember the natural. The natural always comes before the spiritual. And I'm not sure I want to go that way after all. But remember this. Remember when you was very young and your birthday approached. I'm sure you were very, very excited and you were very, very anxious. You knew without a doubt that you would certainly receive gifts and other special treats. But something will be a surprise. Your birthday combines assurance, confidence, and anticipation. And as you already know, I'm going to talk on how fate functions and the purpose of fate. Just as your birthday is full of assurance, confidence, and anticipation, so does the gift of faith. So is the gift of faith is full of confidence, anticipation, and expectation. So faith is the confidence based upon past experience that God knew and fresh surprises will surely be ours. The beginning point of faith is believing in God's character. He is who he say he is. The end point of faith is believing in the promises he will do what he say. So with that said, let us ask God blessing upon his teaching this morning. Heavenly Father, we are going to look at your word that we are very, very familiar with. And Lord, it's so easy to dismiss things that we are familiar with because we feel as though, Lord, we already know them. But Lord, I ask you this morning to give us fresh hearts to embrace a fresh truth. Not a fresh revelation, but a fresh truth, Lord, that we may apply in our life. And Lord, I also ask you this morning to give us, Lord, fresh ears, Lord, to hear. And more than that, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to give us fresh eyes, Lord, that the gift of faith enable us, Lord, as believers, Lord, to be able to see the the present, the future, Lord, as the present, and be able, Lord, to see the invisible as the seen. Father, we ask you this morning to give us a grace, Lord, to apply what it is that we hear. And Lord, we ask you these things in no other name than our Lord and our God, Jesus Christ. And all God people say, Amen. Amen. Now, if a man does not keep pace with his companion, you perhaps heard it said that that man perhaps walked by a different drama. And I think that we can say that the men's and women's in Hebrew chapter 12, they walked by the heartbeat of Almighty God. 
Now in Hebrew chapter 11, God is retelling the lives of men and women throughout history because he knows that we learn best when truth is brought to light. Experience is a hard teacher, but experience is not the only teacher. And I can tell you that experience is a hard teacher for the simple reason that I did not read my Bible enough when I was a, a young boy. And I encourage the young people, read your Bible. And you don't have to learn by the hard knocks of life. God, through the Holy Spirit, said this. Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. God has given us the biography of peoples to establish our hope and to learn how to live and to walk by faith. The 11th chapter of Hebrew is a moving account of faithful Old Testament saints and given such a title as the Saints of the Hall of Fame. The honor roll for the Old Testament saints. And in some cases, the heroes of faith. And they all, those, all of those titles are tests to the value of living by faith. Faith executed by what someone did in response to God's word. Now, this morning I want us to look at supernatural faith. And that is the faith of the gift of God. Not natural faith that we use on a day-to-day basis to function in life. In fact about it, as you walked in here this morning and took your place in the pew, you used natural faith. As you started your car this morning, you use natural faith. As you turn on the lights in your home this morning, you use natural faith. So I'm not talking about natural faith. I'm talking about the faith which is a gift of God to us. In Hebrew 11, we have a very good description of what faith does or how faith functions. Now, throughout this entire chapter, God will show us what it means Living by faith. Now, Hebrew 11.1, it states, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, to understand this verse, it is stated in the present tense. It said, now, the present tense, right now. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, your Bible might use different words such as confidence or assurance. And that is just simply the Greek translation, which to me makes it very, very simple because the King James said substance. And substance, if you really look at it, is more of a scientific term. Now, what do, what are those words saying? Those words are saying you have from God assurance, confidence to support your faith. Or assurance or confidence to stand under your faith. And that is the word of God. Now, a good way to think of faith is think of a building. What is this building supported by? This building is supported by a foundation. So look at your faith as 
a gift and the foundation gives confidence and assurance that the building will stand. Now, faith rests on a foundation, which is the word of God. You might have heard it said that substantial, another word is title deed. So, that's your title deed. And a title deed represents the word of God. His words are the facts your faith exists upon or supported by. Faith is simply believing God's word. Now, as I said earlier, faith is a... Faith to a Christian is what a foundation is to a house. The foundation gives confidence and assurance that the house will stand. Faith gives the believer confidence and assurance that what God promised will be experienced. So faith is the confidence of things hoped for. Therefore, your faith gives you confidence. When we have faith, it is God way of giving us confidence and assurance that what is promised will be experienced. For example, we seen standing on the promise of God. We are saying faith is the instrument whereby you are assured of receiving what God promised to you in his word. We are putting our confidence in something not seen. And what are we hoping for? This hope is a future hope. But you are living out God's promise in the present tense. Remember now, it is the substance of things hoped for. We are hoping for Christ's return for his church. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We, right this moment, is hoping for the return of Christ for his church. I have a sign in my office says, perhaps today. Perhaps today he will return for his church. We are banking on believing that our future body will be glorified. That is by faith. We are believing that there is a reunion of all the departed believers in heaven, our beloved one. We are believing that that is going to happen one day. By faith. We are believing by faith a common, literally, earthly kingdom where Christ will reign and we will be with him. By faith. And you should be able to see that by faith. I can literally see myself in Israel ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. By faith, I can see that. I sit up so many days contemplating and seeing myself over there ruling and reigning with Christ. I can see that. And I'm going to experience that in the future. 
I can literally see myself being raptured. I sit there some days and see that, literally seeing myself raptured. By faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm hoping for that one day. And I can sit and I can literally sit there and, and, and visualize this happening in my life. By faith. You see, faith is the ability to take what is in the future and give it present substance. That's what I'm doing. I'm taking what God has promised me in the future and I'm bringing it to the present and I'm experiencing that and I see that. I'm not talking about this faith movement, this name and claim it. I'm talking about what God has promised me in this Bible. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Uh-uh. I'm not talking about, oh, I want a, 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 a airplane. I have seen an airplane. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what I haven't seen and what I have not experienced. And God has promised me that. By faith, I believe right now, Jesus Christ is sitting in heaven praying for me. And I can see that. I'm serious this morning, guys. Now, I'm not crazy this morning. You, you got to be able to see this and believe this. So it's so important to understand that your faith doesn't make something true. Our faith embraces what God has said. And that's all I'm doing is embracing what God has said and has promised to me. That's what I'm doing this morning. And that's what I do every day. All the Old Testament promises relates to the future. Those people who exercise their faith exercise faith in what was promised that they did not receive. They built their entire hope on the word of God. Faith operates very simple. God speaks and we hear his word, we trust his word and act upon it no matter what. So you see the first part of verse 1 Whatever word your Bible used, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. That first part is saying, belief in something that you will be able to see later. Believe in something right now that you will be able to see later. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present of things hoped for. Let me say that again. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as present of things hoped for. Faith, that part one. In fact about it, that verse is something that they call poetic parallelism. And that's how Hebrew writing is done. In fact about it, faith of the something of things hoped for is saying the same thing as the evidence of things not seen. It's repeating the same thing. One is scientific and the other one 
is legal. It's a legal term, evidence of the legal term. So let's look at that. We don't look at that first part. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And let's look at the second part. The evidence of things not seen. Now once again, so translation. The evidence is conviction. The Greek translation, some of your Bibles might say conviction. Some of them may say proof. But evidence, you go into a court of law with evidence to prove your case. So conviction is an inward response to God that what he has promised, he will perform. The presence of God given faith in one heart is conviction enough that he will keep his word. Evidence that is accepted for conviction to prove. Now the word evidence is an indication or a sign. Noah built a boat. Noah built a boat. Never saw rain, never heard of rain, but he was so convicted of what God was saying that he built the boat. So you can know something to be true, but until it becomes a conviction, you don't put it really into action. This is evidence of something not seen. How can that be? It can be because God said it. Noah never seen rain. God said it, and he did it. And anything you can see takes no faith to believe. Faith provides evidence. Your faith is the convicting argument, the proof of an invisible world. God created the heavens and the earth. We welcome back there to know that. How we believe in that? By faith. Because God cannot lie. And we are believing God's word. The Holy Spirit is not saying that your faith proves invisible things exist. But the Spirit is saying that your faith is the proof that invisible things exist. It is evidence in the sense of proof that results in conviction. And let's look at some things to see what I'm talking about. The cross of Jesus Christ is sufficient to pay for our penalty of sin. We wasn't back there to see that. But we believe that. And the word of God has been passed down and recorded and the picture is painted so clear a picture, a picture is painted so clear until the picture becomes looking like a window that I can see out of. And the window that I'm looking out of, I see God and I can see it's true. I can see that. I can see Christ hanging on a cross. Because I'm so convicted that he paid for my sin on the cross that I can see that. By faith, you believe in the resurrection of Christ too. For that matter, 
We didn't see Christ get up out the grave. But I am so convicted by faith that he got up out the grave. I'm so convicted based upon the word had been passed down to me and it had been passed down so clearly that when I read it, I can't help but believe it. By faith. By faith, you believe that the preached word of God would not return void. Isaiah says that. I believe that. By faith. They say the word of God has the power unto salvation. I stand before you as a testimony that God's word has not returned void. Of people's praying for me. And me listening to the word of God. By faith you believe in the forgiveness of sin through Christ's sacrifice. Now think about this here. Can you see forgiveness of sin? And someone say, Michael, you are forgiven. What do you say, Michael? Yes, I accept your forgiveness. He can't see that. But he received it and he believed it. And that's what I'm saying. You can't see these things, but you believe them. Something as simple as 1 John 1 9. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to clean you of all unrighteousness. Amen. And all of a sudden, Michael walk away feeling the world taken off his shoulder because he has been forgiven. And you can't see forgiveness at all. And he did it by faith. Now all of those invisible things we believe by faith are fought on the living word of the living God. His word is enough. No billable. That's enough. He said, I'm a bill of boat. Now in that second part of Hebrew 11.1, faith produces a growing conviction that invisible things really do exist. That's what it's saying. In that second part, faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith produces a growing conviction that invisible things really do exist. Eyesight proves the reality of physical world. Faith proves the reality of the spiritual world. Hey, you remember over there in Second King? You remember over there in Second King? I don't know, chapter five, chapter six. Just coming to me. I don't know what Elijah. I'll tell a story and then you can help me out. I think it was Elijah, Elisha, one of them. They were surrounded by the enemy. And uh, his assistant went outside, and he says, hey, hey, look, he said, uh, we are surrounded by the enemy. And uh, I think Elijah said, Lord, open my servant eyes. And then uh, Elijah said, hey, go back out there and look. He went back out there and looked, and he saw the host of heaven all the way around 
And he was at peace. You remember that story over there? Listen to this right here. Faith produces a growing conviction that invisible things really do exist. And that day, that student prophet realized that invisible things do exist. All you got to do is, I hate to use this word, but I'm going to say believe it. I was going to say another word. All you got to do is believe it. They do exist. And that's a beautiful story. Young man, blind, and and, and the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to understanding, to see unseen things. And he saw these things. And you know the rest of the story. It's a beautiful story. I'm kind of getting off track. And uh, Elisha, he, he led them all the way into Samaria. And they was nearly blind, a whole army, into Samaria. And then when he led them to Samaria, he said, oh, Lord, open their eyes. And they opened their eyes, and guess where they are? In Samaria, which they would never go. And I think of Ahab, or whoever it was, he delivered them into his hand. And he was going to kill them. And the prophet said, no, no. You, you, you don't kill these people. It's like the Geneva Convention. You know, they are surrendering, but you feed them. You feed them and you send them back. And that's what he did. <laughs> and it was all by faith. So faith allows us to see the normally unseen world of God heavenly promise. Faith opened the eyes of our understanding. We can see what God has promised exists. Much of what God has promised to us is in the future. No matter how long it takes, whether centuries or moments, God will never forget his promises and never break his word. True faith is not based on empirical evidence, but on divine assurance and is a gift of God. So you see, faith is not, and listen to me, faith is not a, and you're going to have to apologize for me saying this, and I regret I got to say this in the pulpit, and I don't like to use words like this. I don't use, as a heathen, I have not used words like this. I'm serious about this. What I'm getting ready to say right now, as a heathen, as an unsaved man, I never said words like this right here. But I'm going to say these from the pulpit this morning, and I'm going to ask you to forgive me. Now, so you see, faith is not a leap in the dark. Faith is not luck. That's why I'm asking you to forgive me. Faith is not luck. Don't, don't say that anymore. Faith is not luck. Faith is not a chance. Faith is not knocking on wood. I don't like to say these things in the pulpit. I'm serious this morning because what you're doing is you're giving honor to someone else and not giving honor to who is due that honor. And faith is not a great mystery. Faith is believing God. Because we're mixing. We're mixing idolatry and something there with God. Don't do that. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Don't do it. Now, And I'm going to close with this right here. 
what is the I was trying to show us how faith functions and how faith works. Really. And I hope no one leave here today and say, Brother Stringfield is up on the deep end of how he believes in this stuff, but I believe that's the correct way to believe it. This old faith movement, I'm not talking about that, that crap. All that crap that they talk about is stuff they can see. Name it and claim it. This right here is altogether something different I'm talking about. Because God wants this church to move in a new direction starting whenever this man comes here. And I think what I really have been doing at the expense of these deacons is I really been trying to prepare for the next move. I have been searching hard to minister to my brother and sister in Christ here at this church. That's what I have been doing more than anything else. I don't want to minister to somebody else. I want to minister to us. And that's basically the message that I have been bringing to try to kind of help us to do. But in closing, let me show you one thing, and I'm going to close. I want to show you the purpose of our faith. And I want you to contrast it with the faith movement. Now, Turn to your Bible to Hebrew chapter 11, verses 32 through 40. And I'm going to read these verses, and I'm not going to do a lot of interpretation. I'm just going to read them. And I think these verses really speak for themselves. I'm starting at reading at verse 32. Are you there? Verse 32 says this, And what more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barab, Samson, David, Samuel, and the prophet, who through faith conquered kingdom, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lion, quenched the power of fires, escaped the edges of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to fight, women received back their dead by the resurrection. Now those people were very, very victorious, wasn't they? Very, very victorious by faith. Now listen to this right here. 35, that was verse 35. Now you're going to say, listen to this here. Some was torture, refusing to accept release, some that they might raise again to a better life. Verse 36, others suffer mocking and flogging and even change and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, and they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in desert and mountain and in dens and caves of the earth. Now, we just read about a group of believers who were successful, and now we just read about a group of believers who were not successful, or who did not succeed. Now they did not escape death, nor was they raised from the dead. They suffered and did not win victory against their foes. Now look at verse 39. This sums it up. Verse 39. All these having gained approval through their faith did not receive what was promised because God has promised something better for us. 
See, there were some victorious, and there were some was not victorious. But it goes on to say that their faith did not receive what was promised because God has provided something better for you and I. And that better thing that he promised for you and I was none other than who? Jesus Christ. Now notice this here. It's going to say, and apart from us, they would not be made perfect. You and I is made perfect in who? There we go. You and I are made perfect in Jesus Christ. They did not receive the promise due to the fact that God wanted to promise us something better. Now, with Christ having been crucified, raised from the dead, those other Old Testament saints now is made what? Perfect. By the promise made to us. Wow. We got it. We got it. We got it, guys. Now notice this here. I'm, 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 I'm close. They didn't receive what was promised. They trusted that it would come as it had been promised. Faith is confidence, trust in the future God has promised. These people had not received the promise and they trusted in the promise and they lived by faith. They could not be made perfect slash complete until after the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. To be made perfect, complete, we must be in Christ. And then you can ask, what would they promise? They was promised the Messiah. They was to promise eternal life. They was to promise heaven. They was promised everlasting bliss. They was promised rewards. They was promised joy. They was promised all these things. But they did not get them. They never saw the ultimate sacrifice. They never knew who the Messiah was. They were people of faith, but their faith was anchored in a reliable revelation from a God who could not lie. And so their faith gave them substance to hope for in the future. Now listen to this here. And I'm going to close. I know I said this the third time. Now, what is common to both of the one that succeeded and the one did not succeed? Okay? Listen. What did a fate accomplish for both? And this when the light came on for me. This is that fate said to me some Sundays ago evening. This is that, and I got this from her, that gotcha moment. I got it. This is when I got it, fate, when I was reading this here. To see they didn't and some did. And here it go. The light came on. Some succeeded, some did not. But their faith kept them faithful. That's why God give us our faith, the gift of faith. God give us the gift of faith to keep us what? Faithful. We want to be faithful. We want to be faithful. And with that said, I'm going to skip these pages here. We want to be faithful. We want to be faithful.
that's the thing and that was the key between both the successful and the unsuccessful saints in Hebrew 11. God gave them their faith and their faith kept them faithful. And that's what you and I must be. We must be faithful no matter what is said or done or what the circumstances may be. We must commit ourselves to be faithful no matter what because these things that God has promised us in the Bible, guess what? They are going to become true. And I'm going to tell you, if you're able to visualize them early, it will give you so much joy. Then wait till you get there to see them. So, Lord, we just thank you. I thank you, Lord. I do thank you this day, Lord, for what it is that you have done. Lord, we do believe, Lord. We believe, Lord. By grace, Lord, we believe, Lord. By the work of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we believe. But Lord, help our unbelief. Lord, help us to understand what faith really, really is. Lord, we thank you that you are so real. And Lord, you are as real to us as we see one another sitting inside this church. And Lord, we know that we have never seen you and we have never seen Jesus. And Lord, we have never seen the Holy Spirit. But Lord, I tell you one thing. Your Spirit makes your word so doggone real to me. And Lord, I believe in my heart that the hearers, the believers who are sitting here right now, I believe deep down in the recess of their heart that your Holy Spirit makes it as real to them, Lord, as it, your Holy Spirit makes it to me. And Lord, heaven is real. And Father, Lord, even your second coming is real. And Lord, we know without a doubt that you are coming again. And Lord, I have always believed in my life. And I never will forget, Lord, sitting in a, a dormitory, not even going to church. And I heard a sermon. And a guy was preaching. And I was sitting there in sin. And this guy gave so many reasons of why and when and where you would return. And he said that he believed that Christ would return when we are all in church. And I never forget that I left out of that room that day when I heard that, dressed in rags. And I went and sit in the back of the church waiting that day for Christ to come. And Lord, you didn't come that day, but I stand here with joy in my heart to know without a doubt that you're going to come one day. And I really, really thank you, Lord, for how real, <laughs> how real that you have made it. Oh, Lord, I just thank you this morning. How I thank you this morning, Lord, for making it real and give me eyes, Lord, that I can visualize and see all these great things that you have promised. And one day, Lord, we at Haven is going to experience them. And oh Lord, I know how I want to experience him. I want to experience him through the rapture, Lord. Oh boy, I tell you, to be able to go up 
and wave at some of my friends here at Haven. What a joy that's going to be. Oh, Lord, help me this morning because I got to join the Lord this morning. This is not no tears of whatever you may think it is, but this is some joy in my heart this morning. God, we don't have any previews of it, but Lord, Lord, God, we know by faith. And not only that, Lord, we are banking our lives on everything that you have said in your holy word. And Lord, we pray these things in our Lord and our God name, Jesus Christ. And all God people say, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for just allowing me to stand before your people this morning and proclaim the word of God.